Medicare for all is not just about fixing the problem of uninsurance. It's right. about fixing the problem of this sort of healthcare apartheid that that exists. These imaginary cases where someone looks up, finds out a hospital is out of network and is like, I'm going to go to it anyway. <laughs> <You know>? I'm <laughs> going to try to well, trick my insurance company into paying for this out of network care or whatever. It's like, I don't give a shit if you do that. Like, you should still have your fucking heart attack paid for. Like, you should you should not have to, no one should have a medical bill is, is a very important yes. concept to yes. me, whether it's a surprise right. or not. Everyone knows that inequality is rising in society. We usually think about inequality in terms of economic inequality, rightfully, because that's the big part of it. But I think the rise of health inequality, although people are sort of familiar with it, doesn't get as much emphasis. The mm -hmm. life expectancy between rich and poor has been widening. Our tiered public benefit systems are really unusual globally. All of our systems are so broken up that way with these super strong like racial and gendered messages about who's in each tier. And to do Medicare for all is really to undo that potentially. I mean, it change, changes who fights for that program um, and like who's in the us. And that is like super threatening to the way the U.S. has mm -hmm. organized all of its like, let's care for the people type of <laughs> systems as like very, you know, inadequate and small as they are. Health systems are spending billions of dollars on the social well, what they're calling social determinants of health to improve, well, they call it population health, but what it really is is the the health of a subset of the population that's currently <laughs> high insurance coverage and maybe a potential patient, typically patient. Right. So it's, it's, a, it's not actually population health, it's more uh, customers. It's their customer base. Yes. Um, <laughs> All we can do is what, you know, is fight like hell for this today. Because uh, if we don't do that today, it's never going to be a reality tomorrow. Welcome to the second annual Medicare for All Week from the Death Panel. Six straight interviews about Medicare for All. This is the second year that we're doing it. Last year was all about looking at the history of the single payer movement, looking at current movements for health justice and, you know, the framing of the policy and the reasons behind it. But this year is totally different and so much bigger. This year is all about building power and looking at other ways that Medicare for All can disrupt and destabilize current systems of power. And I think, crucially, one of the things that we wanted to talk about, you know, obviously there's a lot to talk about in terms of Medicare for All single payer and the broader movement for health justice. Um, I know a lot of people wanted us to talk about, for example, what an American NHS could do, you know, in the context yeah. of the coronavirus pandemic uh, and things like that. So you'll notice that there's um, there's a lot of that. There's not an episode specifically just dedicated to that, but we, we kind of brought it up with a lot of people that we um, talked to. And in addition to that, you know, um, I think a lot of what we focus on this year is building outside of an electoral cycle mm -hmm. contest because, you know, our first annual Medicare for All week, if you look at it, literally, um, I don't know if you guys remember last oh, year. Yeah. We timed this to the week between Iowa 
like <laughs> the Hampshire. Iowa caucuses and New Hampshire. <laughs> could could not could not have picked a better week. <laughs> Strange days to think about now. Yeah, yeah. Right. A different yeah. worlds. Yeah, remember when Pete Buttigieg won the Iowa caucus? <laughs> <laughs> All too well. Um, <laughs> that was such a simpler time. The uh, but, the but coronavirus I feel like this year. was only a a, a glimmer in uh, a zoonotic reservoir. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the coronavirus yeah, was, was, was not a- yet a virus replicating within you. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> um, no, but I feel like the, this year is like the. It's amazing to me, like just how much different themes came up in our conversations that we weren't even intending uh, to to bring up. But like last year was like it was like a conversation about health finance and people who didn't have insurance. And like, yeah, those things are obviously in all of these conversations because that's part of the the demand for justice. But this year, I'm trying to think we, we talk with like Adam Gaffney about the potential impact that Medicare for all could have on just the supply of healthcare facilities and uh, the quality of hospitals. I mean, it's really pretty um, am- amazing just how much you miss when you look at just one little facet of the debate. Yeah. And I think that people, I think, um, well, yeah, not not to go on too long about it because this is just a, you know, this is a, this is a short little uh, introduction. Um, but I think we can, we can, what I'll, what I'll do is I can confirm uh, the people that will be Joining Talk, us this year. People that will be joining us over the next week for, as B mentioned, six full episodes, all in the main public feed. So uh if you, you know, if you if you like this or if you're finding the podcast just because of Medicare for All Week, um, you know, make sure you subscribe, uh, leave us a rating, and then uh, you know, also if you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash death panel pod. Um, but I will say, so yeah, the, I mean, so many things touch this conversation. It's not mm-hmm. just, it, I think it does get reduced to like what, what it does get reduced sometimes to this, like a just health finance or just, just public health insurance. And it, it can, it is, and can be so much more for that. And Medicare for all in the fight, the broader fight for health justice, I think, really touches uh, so many things and that's why I think especially one of the things that I'm really excited for people to hear is how especially I think towards the the like back half of the week um, we start getting into what uh, Medicare for all can learn from the abolition movement and also what uh, what what kind of a position um, having something like Medicare for all puts us in in order to like push for bigger demands so let me just go through our yeah. Are uh, not so our our guests mm-hmm. not necessarily in in this order for this year. Um, journalist Libby Watson of Signote, who I think is going to be first. That's the only one that I definitely know, unless I cut this part. She's the only one that I definitely know. Uh, oh, is Libby's be first. is such a good one to go first, though. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, Adam Gaffney, who Phil mentioned, uh, uh, incredible. Ariana Plany, uh, who is a medical geographer. Oh, um, that conversation is so good too. You're gonna love it. Uh, it. Really makes you rethink what we're trying to redistribute when we're talking about <laughs> stuff like this. Yeah. Um, social epidemiologist Justin Feldman, activist, lawyer, and all around uh, great guy Dean Spade. <laughs> I don't know how to how else to how else to introduce S- Dean. Stand up, dude. Dean is an all around great guy. Yeah. And then yeah. uh, and then a conversation about um, 
the the sort of like economics angle of of everything um, with two economists, both of which who come from you know slightly differing perspectives um, about uh, what the sort of single payer pay for question um, gets wrong often, uh, and how from both of their differing perspectives on economics. Medicare for all is a pretty great no-brainer idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's our that's our lineup for this year. I mean, it's it's so much more than just a straightforward appraisal of what this policy is and who it affects. And I I think it's always important to keep in mind how urgent these things are, but also how so interconnected um, Medicare for all is with so many other movements for justice and so many other priorities. And I think you know, especially especially during this pandemic, we need to be thinking about ways to coalition build and to lend support and strength to other movements and other fights through, you know, everyone's own Mm -hmm. political home. Yeah. I mean, looking, uh, uh, imagining bigger futures and then building coalitions to get there is, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of what we're all about here. Yeah. And I mean, what do we always say? Medicare for all now, solidarity forever stay alive another week this week especially 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 for medicare for all week exactly you're gonna you're gonna be kicking yourself if you die this week (laughs) stay alive for medicare for all week and then live every week like it's medicare for all week (laughs) yes and if you and if you can please leave us a rating or review please tell your friends about their the show share medicare for all week become a patron at patreon.com slash death panel pod so that we can keep doing stuff like this because we love to do it but an incredible amount of time and and work goes into curating and putting together um series like this so yeah if you like zany stunts and you want more of them yeah (laughs) then support then support us exactly this has been medicare for all week from the death panel Medicare for All Week is an annual series presenting brand new interviews with activists, researchers, and others on building power toward Medicare for All, why we need it, and how to win it. Up first, in today's interview we speak with journalist Libby Watson about how American media frame healthcare choices as an individual responsibility, and how a politics of incrementalism gets it all wrong. To support our show and make event series like Medicare for All Week possible, subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash deathpanelpod.